This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, May 21st, 2017. Seeds, scattering seeds. Welcome to the third week of our series entitled Seeds. For week one, Barry shared with us thoughts on blooming where you're planted. Last week, we focused on nurturing the seed. This morning, our focus is on scattering seeds. We are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you for the opportunity to share your word, to proclaim your gospel message. Open our hearts that we may hear something, uh, feel something, experience you, that we may take your word out into the world. Lord, we also pray for the situation. We heard the uh, fire whistle a few minutes ago. We know that you're there, Lord. Thank you for the responders, and we just pray a covering over that situation. We give you this time in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 3a. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables. So here we have chapter 13 of the gospel message, Matthew, Matthew, and he shares several parables that give insight to God's nature, into the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom here on earth and in heaven. And the first one uh, is the parable that we'll discuss this morning in this long uh, line of parables. Now let's talk about what a parable is. A parable is a, a story intended to convey a truth, in this case, a spiritual truth. Jesus um, used these parables. They, were, they had singular focus trying to help the listener understand something very, very important. Yeah. Matthew um, begins here by saying, that same day. <laughs> it was already quite a day up to that point. Uh, if we look back in chapter 12 of this book of Matthew, Jesus' disciples had, had broken the law of the Sabbath by picking and eating some grains from a field. Wow. Wow. Now, the Pharisees, who were kind of the religious uh, law police of the day, were watching very closely for any misstep, and they saw that one, and in fact pointed it out to Jesus, that they'd broken the Sabbath law picking those grains. <clears throat> Jesus pointed out to them that he, Jesus, was in fact Lord of the Sabbath. I'm sure they love that. <laughs> Well, next, that same day, Jesus went into the synagogue, which was the Jewish church, where he encountered a man with a shriveled hand. Now, remember, these Pharisees were watching Jesus' every move, trying to trip Jesus up because they were very threatened by the very presence and the ministry of Jesus. Also, remember the Jewish law, you shall not work on the Sabbath. What is work? So, um, knowing that... Uh, there was another situation at hand. The Pharisees asked Jesus if it was lawful to heal on the Sabbath. 
they believed that it wasn't, but they also knew that Jesus was going to do what Jesus was going to do. And so Jesus did answer that um, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And at that, he asked the man to stretch out his shriveled hand, and this man's hand was completely restored. Scripture tells us that this is one of those times where the Pharisees then went out and plotted on how they might kill Jesus. Mm. And so Jesus withdrew from that place, and Scripture tells us many people followed him, and, and he healed all their sick. What a day. What a day. They brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and that man walked away healed, able to speak and see. Keep in mind this was all done on the Sabbath, contrary to the, the Sabbath rules of no work. And the Pharisees continued to follow him and harass him. And so for Jesus and the disciples, this was already quite a day. And so that same day, Jesus went out and sat by the lake, and the crowds came around him. And so Jesus needed to uh, retreat a little bit, and so he got into a boat and sat there while the people stood on the shore. And then Jesus told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow a seed. As he was gathering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It, it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, some other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let him hear. And so we're go going to take some time and unpack this scripture, Matthew 13, verses 3 through 9. And so here's the first parable, often referred to as the parable of the sower. A farmer went out to sow. Jesus paints this verbal picture, something that everybody can relate to. A farmer sowing seeds. The farmer that Jesus is talking about did not go uh, hop on his John Deere tractor and plant the seeds. It was pretty different back then. Instead, seeds were sown a different way. Oftentimes, they were scattered by hand. Just picture that. Or another way that seeds were scattered is that they would put seeds uh, in a sack and tie it onto a donkey and cut a hole in the bag. And so the animals would go up and down the roads and some seeds would scatter that way. So whether it's by hand or through a hole in a sack with a donkey, it was a very imprecise, labor-intensive method of getting seeds into the ground. And so as Jesus shares, as this seed is being scattered, some of it fell on the path. Now on that day, in that time, the fields were planted in long Monero rows, and in between was a common ground, a right-of-way, which many people walked on so that it got beat down to the point of being as hard virtually as cement. 
And so the seed falling on that path reminds us of when I'm scattering seed and some of it falls on the sidewalk or on the curb and it can't get through. It's, it's hard as a rock and it's not going to be able to send down any roots. And so it just lays there until the birds come and snatch it up. And then there's rocky soil, rocky places. Now, it's kind of different than here. Back uh, in this area that Jesus was talking about, uh, there was a strata of rock right under, right beneath the soil surface. So seeds would get uh, thrown, scattered, and the roots would go down, but then they would hit the rock and they would not be able to germinate and flourish and, and the plant would wither and die because of the rocky soil. Mm. And then Jesus talks about thorn that, seed that fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the new plants. It kind of reminds me of last week when I shared with you about what a good job I did of planting a garden of weeds and how those weeds virtually choked out anything else that could possibly survive in that five by 10 area. Yep, it strangled out the good stuff. Yep. But those but weeds then, look good. Yeah. So Jesus has some good news in this parable. Along with the seeds, along with the different types of soil, Jesus shares that there is good soil. Say good soil. Oh yeah. There was some soil that where the, when the seeds got uh, planted, that there would be a great return. And scripture tells us that the return, some 100, some 60, some 30 times what was sown. Wow, that's a big return. Hmm. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? Jesus replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables, Jesus said. So when we started talking about this parable, Jesus is talking to the crowd. But at this point, he's talking to the disciples. Now, we think in part it's because of what the disciples had been experiencing that day. I mean, I do a few things or a lot of things in a day, but can you imagine having that day that Jesus had? What a full day they had, and the disciples were facing all kinds of turmoil that Jesus was uh, creating as he was turning life upside down, the Jewish law. The disciples likely knew that there was a plot at this point to kill Jesus. The plotting had started. They weren't ignorant to what was around them, and they were probably very, very nervous about their days and weeks ahead. And so now Jesus takes the opportunity to share some words of encouragement, some words of assurance in Jesus' teaching. Jesus continues. And he says, listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. 
when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word from making it fruitful. But God always got to love it when Jesus has a but, because here it comes. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. So we could spend a lot of time on different parts of this teaching, but we really want to zero in on sowing seeds. We read here that there's quite a return when sowing. Sometimes 100, sometimes 60, sometimes 30 times what was sowing. This is a God-sized return. According to Bible commentator, his name is Douglas Hare, he said that a good harvest during that time in that particular place would have been a tenfold return, 10 bushels for every bushel planted. A normal return would have been seven and a half times. But what do we read here? 100 or 60 or 30 times of a return. Jesus isn't talking about an everyday experience when he's encouraging that seeds be sown. He's talking about God's supernatural activity when sowing seeds, providing this spectacular harvest. In this parable, Jesus is assuring the disciples that what they are doing is not in vain, that what they are doing is necessary kingdom work, what they're doing is crucial kingdom work. And he assures them that there will be an ROI, a return on investment, and it will be unimaginable, it will be miraculous, it will be God-sized, God-sized. Even with all that junk the, on the path or the, or the rocky ground or the, 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 the weeds choking that seed out, even with all that, there will be a return that is beyond belief. That's not because of what we do. It's because of what God does, because of who God is, because of what God is capable of. And so we, all of us here... <coughs> We are disciples. If, if you claim Christ as your Lord and Savior, and a lot of us have, and some of us are still exploring, and that's awesome. We're so glad you're here. But we're called to be disciples. That means students of Christ, followers of Jesus. And in doing that, we're called to scatter seeds, to sow seed. And even though Jesus talks in this parable about the different soils, this is not a parable of the soils. This is a parable of the sower. We are sowers. You are sowers of the seed. And we are to sow as much seed as possible. And yes, sometimes it'll fall on rocky, and sometimes it'll get choked out by weeds. But that's not our issue. We are called to sow seeds to as many people as we can, as often as we can. 
John Wesley was the founder of Methodism, and he uh, once said this. It's, it's great. Would you repeat it with me, please? Do all the, the good, good you can, can by all, all the means you can, can in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. That's something you can take and put in your pocket. What a great marching order, great marching orders we have here. Now, as John Wesley, he, he was an Anglican, so he's over in England, as he was um, sharing uh, about this new uh, thing called Methodism, he had different people who were going to take the word and bring it to America. And one of the guys' names was Thomas Coke. Now, Thomas Coke was going to leave and come to America and ordain a guy named Francis Asbury. There's uh, a story that uh, part of the history is that as uh, they were, as Thomas Coke was ready to leave, he was in a boat, and John Wesley was uh, sharing with him, and history tells us that he said, offer them Christ, Thomas, offer them Christ. This is um, a very important picture for me because when I was ordained, my mentor, Reverend John Mitchell, this had hung in his office for many years, and he was passing it to me saying, offer them Christ, Carrie. And we say to you, offer them Christ. Mm -hmm. That is what we are called to do as followers of Christ, to scatter seed. Yeah, we're to offer them Christ as we scatter the seed. Seeds of invitation, seeds of opportunity, seeds of possibility, seeds of salvation, seeds of grace, seeds of God's agape, agape, unconditional love, the love that Jesus Christ shares as we function as his hands, his feet, doing all the good we can, all the places we can, as long as we can. And when we do that, there will be a God-sized return, not because of how great we are, but because of how great God is. God takes what we offer, the scattering we do, and God multiplies it in miraculous ways. Look around. Look how God's multiplied it here. Think of in your life how God has taken seed and multiplied I think of Lori and Dave back there who came here several, many, many years ago just because her stepmother encouraged her strongly to check out this church. Okay, I'll do it one time, but I'm not going to like it. And Dave says, and I will not sing and say Jesus. And I won't say the name of Jesus, but I'll come. <laughs> How's that working for you? <laughs> yeah. And now look what they've done. They didn't let that seed just die, did they? They've multiplied seeds, and now God's taking some of that seed, moving it up into the Elkton area to scatter some more seed there while we continue to scatter seed here. It's a miraculous thing, isn't it? Absolutely miraculous. So as sad as we are here at Connection about this, we can really have joy in knowing that they're following the Great Commission to scatter seeds. We shared last week that we can nurture seeds and plants, but we cannot force them to grow. The truth is, we don't even know the secret 
of how they grow. That's all about God. That's a God thing. That's way above our pay grade. They're God's seeds, and God makes them grow. But we can nurture. We can nurture a little bit. God's in charge. God calls us to scatter seeds. Now, we're, we're talking figuratively now. Hope you're catching on with this. Called to scatter seeds, scatter them well, and God will do the rest. As seeds take root, we cannot take credit because it's all from God. We cannot get boastful in any of this seed planting because it's God's, God's, uh, God's deal in all of this. And you know, we can scatter seeds on all kinds of soil. Sometimes those seeds come up through the cracks. It might appear to come on hard soil, but there could be a little crack in a seed. It is on our side. Could germinate, and when that happens, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's all over the crack in our sidewalk. Anyway, and so we scatter the seed, and and the challenge sometimes for us is that we don't always we don't always get to see what happens to that seed. Amen. Amen. We sometimes are the sower. We don't always get to do the harvest. We don't even know if it took root sometimes. But sometimes we do. We've got a guy, a friend here who's in prison at this time, and I've had the opportunity to, to visit him. And in fact, um, we, we send him our message every week, a copy of our message. And I guess he shared, there was a seed he planted with somebody else, and that guy contacted us. And actually, I, I just got a letter from this guy a couple days ago. We've corresponded a little bit. But we've been sending him the message as well every Sunday. Well, Barry got a, a, a letter from him because Barry preached a couple weeks ago here. May 17th, this letter is dated, Dear Barry. You and I have never met. I'm a friend of someone you know. I want to let you know that your sermon has touched me in ways you wouldn't imagine and could not have could, could not have arrived at a better time. He goes on for another three and a half pages talking to Barry, somebody he's never met. Seeds planted. Wow. Wow. You know, we don't know what happens to every seed. <laughs> it's okay. We're called to scatter the seed. Scatter as much as we can to as many we can, as long as we can, and know that God's going to take care of the rest. So you might know what this next question is. How about you? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Have you been scattering seed lately? If we claim Christ as our Savior, that is a natural response. We all do it in different ways. But we challenge each one of you. Here's your challenge for the week. Actually, your challenge for your life. Scatter seed. Have you been scattering seed lately? Scatter seed. Just be faithful. How do you do that? You might do that just through your actions, through your words, through kindness, through compassion, acts of kindness. A lot of times our actions speak much louder than words. You don't have to stand on a street corner and proclaim Christ, although if he tells you to do it, do it. But just by the way that you operate, especially when there's challenge, especially when people push your buttons, that's how we scatter seed. So Connection Church, go and plant some seeds. Because that's what Jesus calls us to do. That's the gospel. That's the good news of the scripture. Let's live it. 
Let's believe it. Let's scatter. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, it is um, sometimes intimidating to think about being your hands and feet, but help us be known by the way that we reflect who you are because what you've given us is such a great gift and that's your son Jesus Christ who gives us purpose and meaning a hope and a future Jeremiah 29 11 Lord thank you so much for giving us breath for waking us up this morning for gathering us here for our new disciple members for the way that we come together as a body of Christ Lord Bless everyone gathered and help each one of us have holy boldness to scatter seed. And we'll leave the rest up to you. We pray all this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And everybody said in agreement, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church. Connecting people.